What's up, my weirdos? We are back again this week with one of my favorite episodes. This week, we are interviewing the incredible Aaron Burry of Willful.co. To those of you that don't know, Willful.co is a company that helps you design and build out your end-of-life documentation. I feel like we talked about death a little bit before, but now we're going to take that deep dive that we have just been honestly waiting to take. So without further ado, let's go. Welcome to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, the weekly podcast that deconstructs the intimidating world of finance. Hosted by Syra Rahman, VP of Finance at HM Bradley, and her partner in crime, Megan McShane, a manager at a Fortune 100 company, and supported by StockTwits. Girls Just Want to Have Funds will take on the important questions in personal finance that so many of us avoid, but also take on a glass of wine or two. Learn more, subscribe to the show, and join Syra and Megan on their no-shame adventure to financial freedom at girlsjustwanna.com. Hey, everyone. We are here today with the incredible Erin Burry from Willful. Erin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Super awesome to meet you, Erin. Okay, little tidbit. I know this episode doesn't go live until next week, but it is Day of the Dead. And I know this is a podcast. So, okay, I was just in Mexico yesterday. So I got my little Day of the Dead skull. Love it. I also love that we're talking to you about death and wills and all of that stuff. It just seems so, you know, timely. So I have my little skull here for all of those that are curious, but... Anywho, Erin, it's lovely Very to Very on you. brand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we love to kind of kick off each of our interviews asking, what was your heroine's journey thus far? We believe everyone that's on the podcast is a heroine in their own regard. So we would love to hear a little bit more from you about, you know, your industry and kind of what got you moving and shaking in it. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I feel like often when you talk to entrepreneurs, they have the same story. Their parents were entrepreneurs. They always knew they wanted to be entrepreneurs, but I was a little bit of the opposite. My parents both worked at Nortel, big Canadian tech company. So I grew up wanting to work in a Fortune 500 business. And my pinnacle of success was getting a corner office in a big company. And it was only about a year after graduating from journalism school that I got exposed to the world of startups and entrepreneurship. I joined a startup as the second employee and had a chance to basically handle everything that wasn't coding or fundraising from partnerships to marketing to events. And it just set me on this path of falling in love with entrepreneurship and changing my vision of success from the corner office to becoming my own boss and having autonomy. And so that really kind of culminated in, you know, I spent some time as a tech journalist writing about startups. I ran a marketing agency for about five years that worked with startups like Lyft and Rover and a bunch of Canadian startups. And then my husband, who's also super entrepreneurial, he had the idea for for Willful after a family member passed away unexpectedly. And so I found myself running and being the co-founder of an estate planning startup, which was never in the plan and was definitely not where I thought I'd be at 36 years old. That is just like so exciting to hear. I love that you and your partner have like shared in this journey and started a company together. And really, I guess one of the questions that I have on my mind is what was your tipping point? Like, do you remember the moment when you decided this is what I want to do? I'm going to try this company out. 
Yeah. I mean, I have to give full credit to my husband, Kevin, because I was running the agency at the time. I was super busy. And so his uncle had passed away unexpectedly and kind of highlighted this problem that exists in Canada, but also in the US, which is that people will do pretty much anything to avoid thinking about their own mortality and to put any sort of plan in place for it. So, you know, we were kind of scrambling as a family to find answers to some of the common questions like, did Uncle Dave want to be buried or cremated? And where did he store important paperwork? And we were going to his office and asking coworkers, and he had never discussed it with his wife of 40 years. And so that really kind of highlighted this opportunity to use technology to make it not only easier to put an end of life plan in place, but also just more palatable and to kind of use education and beautiful design to remove the stigma around these conversations. So I remember when Kev said, I want to do this. And I said, well, I, I, you know, I love my job at the agency. I don't think both of us should have no paycheck, but why don't you go pursue this? I'll be kind of in the background and support you as much as I can. And then, you know, we'll see where it goes. And so he really kind of worked on it alone with my moral support and the help of a contract developer for about a year. And then I decided when I was ready for a change to kind of go full time and, and join him in the business. I love that. We've heard that a lot from a lot of people. They see an area of opportunity and just kind of dive in and they're like, let's just try this. Let's see what happens. We'd love to learn a little bit more about Willful. Obviously, you're, it's not a surprise your background is in marketing. Your website is beautiful. Yeah, we'd love to hear a little bit more about it, how you guys make it a little bit easier and you know, add maybe a little bit of a happy flair onto a very miserable conversation. For sure. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for saying that about the website. I take zero credit as the non-designer, but glad you find it user-friendly. And and that was really kind of the impetus when we set out on this path. We thought about, you know, companies like TurboTax that are taking this really uncomfortable thing, taxes, like nobody wants to sit down and do their taxes, but they're making it more approachable and affordable and accessible to pretty much anybody same with Wealth Simple, you know, and being in the Toronto startup space, Wealth Simple is kind of one of those success stories, just like Shopify. And Wealth Simple, really, their goal is to democratize investing, to make it easy for anybody to get started, even if you only have $10. And they're doing it via beautifully designed technology. And so that was really kind of the inspiration for what we set out to do at Willful. It was you know, not everybody can afford to pay $750, $1,500 to go to a lawyer's office and to create a will. And yet this is an important legal document that every adult should have. And so how can we reduce the barriers of cost, convenience, complexity, using this kind of turbo tax style process of just simple layman's terms, language, question and answer format. We do the heavy lifting on the back end. You tell us the answers to some key questions. We populate them into legal documents, guide you through the, you know, how to sign and witness the documents properly. And you can do that for, you know, the cost of a fraction of the cost of a lawyer starting at $99. So that was really kind of what we set out to do. But the ultimate vision behind the company is to go beyond wills and to really tackle any and all aspects of putting your own end of life plan in place, but also helping to wrap up someone's life after they've passed away. So that kind of struck me. So I have a confession and I last year came to the realization that I 
had no end of life plan. And like, I don't know, I'm sure you guys remember at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone's panicking. I was severely panicked. I have an autoimmune disease and I was like, I have no idea if I'm going to make it out of this pandemic. So I put together an end of life plan, but it was the most painful process for me because lawyers were still figuring out how to be remote. I had my accountant involved. It was one of the most terrifying experiences and depressing experiences of my life. So that just like really struck me when you said that. But it also brought back some questions that I had. And I would love to get your input on this, Erin. What are some of the biggest expenses that families take on when someone passes away and they don't have end-of-life documentation? Yeah. Well, first, thank you for sharing your experience. I mean, I think we saw the same thing when COVID hit. You know, creating a will is something that's on a lot of people's to-do list, but it's so easy to put off because there's this sense of invisibility. I wish we were all had the power of invisibility, invincibility, where you know nobody thinks that they're going to drop dead tomorrow. Everyone thinks that they're going to live to be a hundred. So there's this sense of, well, I can put it off until later. And COVID was one of those moments where it was like, oh no, we actually need to get this stuff in place before we need it because otherwise it's too late. And I think the reason that I hear that a lot of people don't have a will is exactly what you just said, which is, well, I don't think that I need one because I don't think there's any negative consequences, right? Everything's going to go to my family anyways. And I don't think people realize that in every province or state, there's a government formula that dictates how your assets would be distributed. And most of the time, it wouldn't match what you would actually want. And so it's not that you're necessarily creating extra expense for your family. It's more that you're creating extra burden. You're making it so that it takes a lot longer because they have to go to the court to apply to act on your behalf. It takes longer for money to end up in beneficiaries' pockets. And it can cost more in that you might have to hire a lawyer or a professional to actually help you navigate that process instead of it just being neatly laid out in a will. So we always say, you know, creating a will or any sort of end of life plan, it's not for you. It's like life insurance, right? You're never going to benefit from a cent of your life insurance payout. It's by definition only comes into effect when you pass away, but people buy life insurance because they don't want to leave their family in the lurch. And, and a will is exactly the same. It's really designed to cut down on the, the emotional toll, but also the tactical and logistical effort involved with wrapping up someone's life. You touched on this at the beginning when you were talking about Kevin, your husband, and kind of going through that traumatic experience with his uncle and having to talk to all these people. I mean, you know, we've all had people pass away in our lives. And I think the most difficult thing is you're like, oh, God, I have to go tell blah. And then you have to even go further and start asking about, well, where's his money? And it all just probably feels icky to some regard, but also has to be done. So I love you talking about kind of the emotional toll as you guys looked at Willful, how do you guys kind of take out that emotional toll as you're going through it? Because it, it looks very like playful and fun and breaks down the barrier to entry. Fun is probably the wrong word. But how did you guys go about kind of figuring out that process? Yeah, I mean, I think we started with our company values, right? Our values include empowerment and empathy. Like we can never be the like super quirky, fun brand, because we still have this really heavy, important subject matter expertise. And 
we're still at the end of the day creating legal documents. So there's a weightiness to our product and there can be a heaviness. You know, one of the top reasons that people create their wills is because they've recently lost a loved one and it's made them contemplate their own passing or they've been diagnosed with an illness or had some sort of traumatic experience. So there are certainly the folks who are coming just because they're responsible, they just had a kid, they just bought a house. But there are also those who are coming and really doing it as a response to anxiety and grief and loss. And so we have to remember that while we want to make it approachable, while we want to empower people with education, we can't be too quirky or fun because of this, you know, this is a really heavy topic. So we just try to be professional, but also Remember that ultimately this is about peace of mind. This is a document that, you know, isn't fun to think about, but like your taxes, you're going to pass away one day. It's a reality of life and you can avoid thinking about it as much as you want, or you can put yourself in the driver's seat, take, you know, an hour to think about this stuff now, have it in place. And I promise, you know, weight will be lifted off your shoulders. So that's kind of how we approach it. We don't skirt around the idea of talking about death but we do it in a way where it says, listen, this is going to happen whether you create a will or not. So why not actually take this simple step and make sure that your family's better off? I feel like it's such an awkward subject that you do an excellent job of like making less awkward because it's a very, it still makes me uncomfortable when I think about some of the stuff that I had to put in. Like it's still not, still not easy to talk about because I don't like contemplating my own mortality, which really begs the question on my end, like, what are some of the craziest questions Willful has received about like death and about the trust? Like, have you seen anything crazy within the industry at all? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, listen, I think it's easy when you run a company in this space to get a little bit desensitized to having conversations about death and not just in our work life, but also in our personal life, right? We have become known with our friends and family as like the death people, right? Like whenever there's an article in the news about some weird cremation trend or wills and, you know, Prince Philip sealing his will for 60 years, like people are always sending that stuff to us. And admittedly, we do probably talk about death with our friends and family more than the average person, because I always say we have to practice what we preach. So yeah, at holidays, I'm like, hey, dad, do you still want to be cremated? Like, where do you want your ashes to be stored? And sometimes our family is like, stop, I don't want to talk about this. And sometimes they'll answer. And I always feel so much better. I feel so much lighter because I actually know the answer to that, right? Where a lot of people don't have those open conversations. But yeah, there's, we get a lot of questions about estate planning. And I think a lot of it is just about how people can ensure that their legacy reflects their wishes when they pass away, right? So we get a lot of questions about, you know, can I only give an inheritance to my nephew if he graduates university? Or how can I make sure that my son's ex-wife doesn't get anything from, you know, my estate? So a lot of it is just about how to set up the logistical side of asset distribution so that it actually reflects their wishes. But we've had people who say, 
hey, I want to leave $100,000 to each of the people that would be looking after my pets. And we're sitting there being like, wow, that's a lot of money for looking after a pet. But for some people, you know, they don't have kids and their pets are their children. And so I never judge anyone's preferences. That's the whole point of a will. It's actually the best way to ensure that your wishes are taken care of. But my favorite story that's unrelated to willful I was talking to someone at a trust company. So they act as the professional executors putting estate settlement plans in place. And they had a client and in this person's will, she didn't have kids, but she had nieces and nephews. And she wrote in her will that she had millions of dollars in her estate. And she wrote that all of her nieces and nephews would split her estate equally as long as they came to her funeral. (laughs) And there was five nieces and nephews and only two of them went to the funeral, even though all of them lived in the vicinity where she passed away. So that was one of my favorite stories because she knew them. Like she knew that they wouldn't go out of their way to even, you know, mourn her life, but yet they would expect money. So it was like the perfect kind of FU of like, hey, the people that actually go to the effort of showing that they cared about me, get to split my money and the other people it's right there in black and white. You get absolutely nothing. Mm. Okay. I love that. That's a really good story. (laughs) God. Yeah. No, death is such an interesting topic because it's something we all can gather around no matter who we are, because we all have to inevitably face it. And I think a lot of what you were saying, which is very based around human centered design, which is a beautiful thing is a lot of the stuff that Cyrus taught me like throughout this past two years about finances all up. It's like, you have money, it's a number, you got to know how to spend it, what are your goals? It feels like making a will is very much part of that. And to be completely honest with you, I haven't even thought about it. I've definitely set up my benefit, like, you know, my benefactors for all of my insurance and my money that I do have. But you know, I think that's probably the next step for me. Cy and I do talk about this. It's like when you do have a family, I I bet that's probably an emotional experience to try to set up a will. But I'm curious, Aaron, like for you in particular, like you guys own this company, you talk about it all the time. How often do you revisit your will? Or is it kind of ironclad? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, one of the behaviors that we're trying to influence is traditionally creating a will has been such a set it and forget it exercise. If you think about even the behavior of of our parents, you know, my mom created a will 20, 30 years ago, probably when she had me and it's been sitting in this filing cabinet gathering dust since then. And every time it's brought up, the response from her is, oh yeah, I need to update my will. Like so much has changed. There's so much that's out of date. And it's almost as bad to have this massively decades old out of date will as it is to not have one at all, right? Because it's supposed to be a useful kind of guidepost for your family. And if it's way out of date and all the people named in it, you don't even talk to anymore or they've passed away, then it's not helpful. So really you should be updating your will when you move states or provinces or countries because every place has different legislation when you have a child, you'd want to you know, add them as a beneficiary or add a guardian for their care. When you want to change someone's role, like let's say, for example, you had a falling out with your best friend and you had left her some money in your will and now you're not speaking to her. Well, you probably want to remove her or maybe someone named in the will has passed away. Same if you get married or divorced, right? If you split up from someone, you probably don't want your ex listed as a beneficiaries to receive anything. 
and I know, you know, how often do we update our will? We probably update it every couple of years. And we, I'm currently almost 39 weeks pregnant. So I will definitely be updating my will when we welcome our first child. So that's a big inflection point. Congratulations. First of all, that's amazing. Did not realize that. That is incredible. And what a moment to be interviewing you because Aaron, you are part of our life moments series. And so we have a series of questions that we are asking everyone that we're interviewing. And I feel like some of these will be very topical, but we'll start with the first question. Within your world, what advice would you give people who have recently been married? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I think because this show focuses on finances, like I was, I'll tell you a funny story about getting a prenup. So I, you know, had property and was pretty financially responsible prior to getting married. And my husband and I have been together for, you know, over a decade And so when we were getting married, I said, well, I want to get a marriage contract because I want to protect my down payments on this condo that I had purchased. And so we go in to create the marriage contract and my lawyer was asking about Willful and she kind of said to me, you know, Kevin owns more of the company than you. He's actually worth more than you on paper. Like you should stop asking about this because actually you would make out better if anything happened. So um, I put the kibosh on the marriage contract because it turned (laughs) out my husband on paper was way wealthier than I was, which I thought was hilarious. But yeah, I guess my, my biggest piece of advice was shifting from this kind of like independent financial mentality to more of a shared financial mentality. It was a big thing to overcome for me because I, you know, this idea of combining your finances and having joint bank accounts always really, you know, as someone who's like been very career driven and focused on my own net worth, it just kind of seemed like, wait, now we're just supposed to share everything. And But I think now that we've shifted our mentality to ours instead of mine and yours, it's really helped us to focus on building our net worth as a couple instead of building our individual net worths. And so the faster you can shift to that mindset and start working together on a strategic plan for your finances, I think the better. Hmm. And stemming from that, the next question. So you've established this together, you're married, and now you've decided to purchase your first home. What advice would you give, you know, a couple going through that from like a financial will everything perspective? Yeah, great question. I mean, the first tip that I would have is to look at the type of ownership that you have on title. This is just a pure estate planning tip. But I think a lot of people don't realize that if you own a home with your spouse, you typically own it what's called jointly with rights of survivorship. I'm not sure if the terminology is the same in the US as it is in Canada. But essentially what that means is if I pass away, the house automatically transfers to my spouse. And the advantage to this is if I own it, let's say individually, like I bought, you know, a property before we got married, and I were to pass away, he would be taxed out the wazoo, because when you pass away, any asset you hold on your own is taxed, and you have to pay capital gains on that. So a big piece of advice for anyone buying real estate as a couple is to make sure you know what type of joint ownership you have, And if you do own property on your own and then you get married, you might want to consider actually shifting into that other type of ownership so that if one of you were to pass away, it would be really easy for the other one to just assume title on that property. Wow, I didn't know that. I just, I I didn't know that either. That's amazing. Okay, I'm writing (laughs) those down. That's a good one. (laughs) 
So actually, this is all very relevant for me because I own a few properties and I just got married a month ago. Oh, congrats. (laughs) That's exciting. Thank you. I have some homework to do is what I just heard, though. There you go. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to the next step within life stages, let's say bought the home, married. Now you're planning for a family. What advice would you give someone? Great question. I mean, for us, I think the biggest piece of advice that we have would be kind of planning out your budget when you have the kid. I mean, listen, kids are expensive. And so for us, it was looking at what government benefits existed in Canada, like the Canada Child Benefit. It was looking at government programs like RESPs, which in Canada kind of give you free government money against education savings. I'm sure there are similar programs in the U.S., And then also just looking at like, okay, how much are we going to incur in terms of like everything from lactation consultants to daycare to nannies down the line and starting to think about how we could kind of build a plan for that over time. So that's been something that we're, I mean, we're still in the middle of, we haven't had our child yet. So there's some of that that has to wait, but yeah, kids are expensive. And so figuring out how that fits into your ongoing financial plan is key. Okay, last question, which you've touched on about 85 times, but I want to end on this is what advice would you give to people who are putting off either creating or updating their will? Oh, good question. I mean, listen, I think the the advice I always give is this is not how people want to spend their, you know, Saturday evenings. I know it's not fun to think about. It's not the most thrilling thing. It's like your taxes. It's kind of this must do that's always on the list. But I can tell you the peace of mind and the weight that's lifted off your shoulders when you're done it is worth the 30 minutes. And and really, it only takes 20 to 30 minutes online that you would have to take to actually go through the process. And if you know, I think it's one of those things that you can turn into a fun thing, you can have a bottle of wine, sit with your partner or your family, have the tough conversations, admit that it's going to be uncomfortable and that it's going to suck, but admit that, you know, it's one of those things that you're doing to help each other. So, you know, there's no time like the present and the more you put it off, the more anxiety you're going to have around it. And unfortunately, if the unexpected does happen, then it's too late. (laughs) Got to get your will done before you pass away. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Like everyone needs to listen to this, including myself. Thank you, Erin. That's super helpful. Yeah, I was just going to say, Erin, we do have one final question for you. And that is, where can people find you? Where can people find Willful online? Can you give us all of the links or handles? For sure. Yeah. So I'm at Erin Burry on every social channel and we're willful.co. And then if you are listening in the States, we have a great partnership with Trust and Will, which is a similar platform out of San Diego. So if you're looking to do your will in the U.S., check out trustandwill.com. If you're looking to do your will in Canada, then willful.co. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for all of these wonderful nuggets of information. It sounds like I have some homework to do on my property. Megan has some homework to do on wills, but so appreciative of you taking the time today, Erin. Well, thank you both so much for having me. And thanks for shining a spotlight on women in finance. It's awesome. Right on. Thank you, Erin. So that wasn't, you know, I was a little apprehensive to talk about death. Let's be real. But I love 
Aaron's approach that is very professional to a very daunting kind of horrific topic that we all have to go through. Yeah, she was great. I completely agree. I will say the one thing that it resurrected memory-wise that I think we've mentioned on here before, but we did not mention during the episode, is that I have you know three general rules. One, somebody's going to have to crack open my end-of-life trust or whatever it is. Two, you can and will have to fly to wherever I'm living at that moment in time and take my laptop and throw it into the ocean after smashing it with a hammer several times. And <laughs> three... My girlfriend, Vidya, will then have to adopt my dog, Yogi. So those are like my three requirements for end of life. I kind of, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have to do a bunch of things myself now. You also can't forget what I told you. And you you keep trying to think that this isn't going to be in my will, but it definitely will be. <laughs> I'm going to give you a $5 bill. No. You are going to have to fly to Chicago, charter no. a boat in the no. middle of the ocean or the middle of the inland ocean. <laughs> Rip it up. Write something on it. Rip it up. I'll tell you what to write on it. Okay. Rip it up and then throw it into the middle of the ocean and have five minutes of silence. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then charter the boat back. I'm dead. Um, I'm going to be watching you. Okay. (laughs) First of all, no. I'm not going to forget that. I know you won't. Well, the problem is that you now have homework that you need to do your trust. And so I know that it's getting inserted in there. You know, It brought back a lot of emotions for me because the beneficiary of a lot of my money, and if my nephew is listening to this earmuffs, but the beneficiary of my personal estate is going to my nephew. And it was like terrifying to think about him being old and me not being there. And it almost made me back away from the entire situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that there are more people bringing it to the forefront and like trying to make it a more normalized conversation. It is a conversation that I had with Nick because it's like, well, now I have a spouse. So does that change how my stuff looks? And what does it look like then? And, you know, how does the prenup get involved? It was just, it's very stressful. (laughs) And it's something that we probably should be updating. What, like every time you have a life event, essentially, right? Yeah, it's not a set it and forget it sort of a thing like Aaron told us, which is so righteous in so many ways and you know like you and I and me and my partner joke about death all the time I'm like oh if I ever end up like that you know cremate me don't do this don't do that whatever and we joke about it but I'm like god I really should write some of this stuff down you know what I mean hang on do you actually want to be cremated oh yeah oh yeah my body doesn't need to take up any more room donate all my organs give them to somebody that needs it my body is gone I'm good I might may or may not turn into that $5 bill that you rip up in the middle of the inland ocean. Maybe I can do that. I'm not sure. You can turn people into diamonds. You can turn people into diamonds. I did did see that when I was Googling around for all like the cool, crazy things you can do. I I don't want that. I would like to have a funeral. I would like for us to only play Rage Against the Machine at my funeral. Oh my God. And I would like for everyone to wear lays at my funeral so they can say that they got laid at my funeral (laughs) i can get behind that i thought you would i I don't know about rage against the machine it's like close to creed and i feel weird about it only rage against the machine all right fine you put it in your will i'll do it if it's in writing it's already in there it's already in there so (laughs) (laughs) oh but in all seriousness 
really important topic. I think I took a lot away from this. I think our listeners can take a lot away from this as well. Continuing their education on on life events and the cost. This is beyond the cost to them. This is the emotional and financial cost to your loved ones once you passed. And it's good to leave them in a good place. I agree with that. And it's good to think about in advance so that they don't have to stress about it later. Yeah. Just like just like get it over with. To anyone that's listening, this is your calling to just mm-hmm. get it over with. And it's inexpensive. $99. Like that is the cost of somebody's happiness when you pass away. Like that is such a low threshold to remove a significant amount of pain. Yeah. Ugh. Should we wrap it up? We shall. We shall. Love you, Bill. Love you. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Head on over to girlsjustwanna.com where you can subscribe to the show, follow Megan and I on social, or even text us your important financial questions. And remember, there's no shame in asking anything. We'll see you next time on Girls Just Wanna Have Funds. Bye.